been a while since I've been here, but it's really nice to be back amongst Christian friends and brothers and sisters. I'll just get that presentation brought up if I can. Thanks. Now, this morning we're going to be talking about new starts and uh, no matter what you've done in the past, with God's help, we can all have a new start. And uh, I was reminded of this earlier on in the year. Um, I'm not sure if you're into making New Year's resolutions, but, um, you know, people say that they're going to uh, maybe be a little bit kinder be a bit more wise with their money, lose a little bit of weight, which, uh, which I think I said and I still need to do. <clears throat> but you know what? We can make a resolution any time at all. That's still got a bit of echo in it. Can we just turn the gain down a little bit, please? And uh, earlier on in the year, uh, Lorraine and I um, went uh, on it with our caravan touring round and Lorraine took this photo of this beautiful, beautiful, what we thought at the time, uh, sunrise. That was from Rolling Stone and it's one of those things that sort of probably signifies a new start. Every day God reminds us of that. This message and I... Do uh, I have given it before at uh, Lakeside, so Jan and David, if you've heard this before, it's something similar, but it's about living to glorify God and possibly having a new start in our lives. And whilst we're away, Lorraine and I um, uh, probably were brought to us two different documents. One was a devotion and, uh, and the other was a letter that was sent by a friend of mine. Every so often he sends out these encouraging words and uh, I'll just move this. Somehow there's a bit of a ringing in my ear. But, but the le- and the letter's about starting again, looking ahead and putting things behind us. But what the devotion, it came from uh, Word for the Day and there's probably a Word for the Day up there uh, they have some really great devotions and this is what it said. It said, In 1643, the Houses of Parliament in England abolished the way the Church of England was governed. An assembly of 121 ministers and 30 lay people were called together at Westminster Abbey to rebuild the English Church. The documents coming out of that six-year assembly are some of the most important documents in church history. And the first question that the Westminster Catechism reads says, what is the chief end of man? And we can say for woman as well. What is the chief end for all of us? And their answer was this. It is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. To glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And it goes on to say this, and if you're wise, you'll make them a blueprint for your life over this coming year. That's what the devotion said. Glorify God 
obey God and enjoy God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we examine glorifying God, Lord, glorifying you and new starts, we just ask that the words that we read, that you will help us to understand them, those words from uh, your word. We ask that you will help us to apply it to our lives and to be able to, when we go from this place, be able to be an impact for our world. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've got your Bibles there, we're going to read from 1 Corinthians 10. And what it says is this. We're going to read from 23 to 31. It says, I have the right to do anything. You say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Eat anything sold in the meat market without raising questions of conscience, for the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If an unbeliever invites you to a meal and you want to go, eat whatever is put before you without raising questions of conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it. Do not eat it. For both the sake of the one who told you and for the sake of conscience. I'm referring to the other person's conscience, not yours. For why is my freedom being judged by another's conscience. If I take part in the meal with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of something I thank God for? So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks or the Church of God. Even as I try to please everyone in every way, for I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. Now, we won't be really talking about dietary things this morning, but what we will be talking about is what's perhaps good for us and, and good for other people. Now, if we just go over a couple of those verses that really speak to me, and it's really about religious freedom. For living my life, the verse that really speaks to me uh, is verse 24. But before we read that, we'll go, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructed. As a Christian, do we really have the right to do anything? We don't, don't really, no, no. Don't, not really. But no one should seek their own good, but the good of others. And to me, that really is that uh, servant heart, the Christian attitude that we should all have. We should be seeking to serve others. We should be living for others. And uh, you know what? We probably couldn't be criticised very much if that's what happened. And just, I draw your attention to the salvos. Um, you know, when I was working, I never heard anybody have a really bad word to say about the salvos. Does anybody hear a bad word? Um, yeah, don't say it. But, but, but I'm just saying, but that's a bit, 
The salvos are out there doing good for people and people know it. People know it. Many years ago, Pastor John and uh, Joy and I went down and we listened to a guy by the name of Dave Holden. He was from a, started off being a small church in a town of about 10,000 people, which is about what Atherton has. And I think as he said it to us, uh, they had about 70 people that used to come along on a Sunday morning, probably something similar to this. And this church was in uh, Canada, I think. Is that right, Joy? Remember? Okay. Anyway, um, what happened was uh, they uh, went through the 40 Days of Purpose program and decided to apply it to their church. And they decided to be servants to their community. And everything that they could do, you know, they provided meals, they did this, they helped people. And that church just exploded virtually. Went from 70 to, he was saying, I think, you know, well over a thousand people were coming every Sunday because of that servant attitude. But sadly, our uh, community is not so much a servant attitude these days. It's very selfish. Have you ever noticed that? Quite often, you sit down with people and you meet them for the first time and they tell you all about themselves and you find out all these intricate things about their life but many, many people have got no interest in your life whatsoever and uh, it's because people are selfish. Okay, it says, Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do not cause anyone to stumble. Do not cause anyone to stumble. And look, that is so important. And uh, I found this this morning, which was really sad. It's like a dagger to our hearts. This is in the Sydney Morning Herald today, talking about Pastor Brian Houston and his family from Hillsong Church. And what it says, how Hillsong's Houston's went from Borkham Hills to Beverly Hills. And then I didn't realise this, but apparently there's a deliciously hilarious American comedy called The Righteous Gemstones. And more or less having a chop at, at, at Christian people for, for what he did uh, and without going into that. But, you know, we have... We have a Christian Prime Minister who people are so quick to attack all the time, trying to call him a liar and things like that. People see this, it's like they're tarring, they're trying to find anything that a Christian does and to pick fault with it. Really, really sad. And uh, no matter what, people are, if, if you're a Christian, people are looking at you and me and, uh, and talking about us. Don't think that people don't talk about you. And uh, I would hate to say, I would hate it if someone would say, oh, that Ralph Stratemeyer, he's a liar and he's this and he's that. Absolutely terrible. So, please, we should not be doing anything to try and cause somebody else to stumble. What does glorifying God mean? 
It means to give all glory to God. The word glory is related to God in the Old Testament bears the idea of greatness, of of splendour. And in the New Testament, the word translated glory means dignity, honour, praise and worship. And putting the two together, we find that glorifying God means to acknowledge his greatness and give him honour by praising and worshipping him, primarily because he and he alone deserves to be praised, honoured and worshipped. Question comes to mind, if God is to be given all the glory, which he does, how, how can we give him glory? And the answer is to be found in 1 Chronicles 16.28. And it says this, it says, Ascribe to the Lord, sorry, 1 Chronicles 16.28 and 29, Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of the nations, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendour of his holiness. In this verse there's two actions we see that make up the action of glorifying God. One is to ascribe and give glory to him because it's his due. No one else deserves praise and glory. And Isaiah 42.8 says, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. And secondly, we're to bring an offering to God as part of worship that glorifies him. And the offering we should be bringing is a agreement, obedience, submission or extolling him. And Isaiah 42.5 This is what God declares. He said, I'm the Lord God. I created the heavens like an open tent above. I made the earth and everything that grows on it. I'm the source of life for all who live on this earth. So listen to what I say. And Jesus, what he did when he came to earth, he reiterated the idea that glorifying and loving God are one and the same. And John 14:15 says this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is love your neighbour as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. So Jesus was asking us to do this, to love God and, and to be obedient to his commands. Once I, uh, I stood up here and, and I told you a story about three people who had um, had some uh, an impact in my life. One was a prisoner, another one was a community police officer up in the Torres Strait, a guy by the name of Ned Mosby. Now, Ned, when I think of glorifying God, when I think of a Christian life, I think think very much so of Ned. And uh, he's really touched my life and he sends out these encouraging words. I'm going to go through one of them shortly. But he lives on an island called Masik Island, uh, which is a teardrop island up in the Torres Strait. Um, But one thing really interesting that I learned, I came from Brisbane initially and knew nothing about 
or very little about indigenous culture or Torres Strait Island culture and uh, I've been up, been fortunate to be up in the Torres Strait a few times with work and one thing I learnt was that the Torres Strait Island people have this warrior culture and uh, what I mean by that is that they were a band of warriors and sadly many years ago if a shipwreck got ship uh, wrecked, ship got wrecked up in the Torres Strait, not too many people survived those shipwrecks. You know, the Torres Strait Islanders in their big war canoes uh, would uh, attack the ship virtually and uh, they were headhunters, a lot of them, and they are proud of their warrior culture but not necessarily proud of some of the things that happened. But in 1871, what happened is uh, missionaries landed at Darnley Island or Arab Island on the 1st of July and they introduced Christianity to the region. And that's a significant day for the Torres Strait in that all the islands hold the Coming of the Light Festival on the 1st of July each year and it's a big thing. And I remember when I first met Ned, he took me actually and said, this is where the missionaries landed on our island and they had a little plaque on it. Now that's what Ned looks like. He's, a, uh, he's standing next to the then police commissioner, Ian Stewart. And uh, talking about that warrior culture, when I first met them, uh, they had this Cape Crusader football team who came down for the state police championships in Cairns. And these guys were big guys and they had this real glint in their eye. And I thought, they're going to kill everybody. <laughs> they didn't, they didn't. But, uh, but they are so very impressive people. And Ned has this wonderful smile. But he writes and... Uh, sorry, this is also where he lives um, and a lot of the islands up there, you really... I felt like I needed faith in landing on some of the islands because if you don't land quite right, you end up swimming, so... But he writes uh, these encouraging words, he calls it, and uh, it's really in three languages. It's in English, it's in his mother tongue of uh, York Island or or Masig Island, but it's also in Creole, which they also speak. And that might seem like um, uh, a little bit confusing, but he's a very humble man and he actually starts off and I'll, I can pick out some of the words, but Bruai's family, and he st- basically says, he humbly states um, that he's giving that message in the lovely name of Jesus Christ and may his peace be with you and your family also. Praise the Lord. And when you meet Ned, nearly every time you talk to him you say, Ted, Ted will show you something he'll say, praise the Lord. It's in his language. He glorifies God in everything he does. He said, now I want to take the time to say on behalf of my wife, Amy Jesse, and family, a happy new year, 2022, to Yapala. Yapala is uh, you people. And then he says, everyone, right? You people, everyone. And may 2022 be a blessed year 
for Yampala, which means us people, everyone. Praise the Lord. Family, I also want to take this time to share New Year encouraging words to Yumi, which is you, but it's also me too. And I hope not to take up too much of your time. Praise the Lord. And that's where his humbleness is coming in. And he goes on to say, he asks you to pray that the words of his mouth, the meditation, uh, be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord. Give me strength, my Redeemer. Okay, family, Hebrew 12 says this. So we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially the sins that won't let go and we must be determined to run the race that is ahead of us. Praise the Lord. Okay, your parlour, it's uh, you people, family, when you look back over the years, uh, he ends up saying, don't forget the Papa God's words never change. Matthew 24:35 reminds you, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Hallelujah, praise the Lord, I can hear him saying that. Now, 2 Timothy 3.14 speaks this. Paul gives instructions to Timothy, keep on being faithful to what you were taught and what you believed. After all, you know who taught you these things, praise the Lord. And he then talks about it being a brand new year. He said uh, last year, he said, you've got to put all your um, bad ways behind you basically and look to good ways ahead. And uh, he, he says this, he said, you must get rid of everything, everything that slows you down, especially the sins that just won't let go of you. Especially the sins that just won't let go of you. He said, now family, you must deal effectively with your past before you can deal effectively with your future and even your present. Okay? Wise words. So that's why I started off talking about a new start, right? You have to deal effectively with your past. And he goes on, I won't read all this out, but he quotes from Genesis 32, 22 to 30. And what happened is this is when Jacob is heading towards his brother Esau. And he comes up to the Jabok River and uh, what ends up happening is he sends his family and everybody over the Jabok. He was worried about that Esau was going to kill, kill him and uh, he ends up wrestling uh, with God and all oh, man. And at the end, God says, he says that his name was Jacob, which was supplanter. He said, but from now on you've wrestled with God and with man and you've won. That is why your name will be Israel. He said, Bowie family, the name Jacob means supplanter or opportunist and Israel means struggles with God. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. And he said, the past and the future are often separated by a river like the Japok. It's being a place to confess, repent and if you're honestly genuine then you can more or less move on. So in Ned's encouraging words he says 
more or less, can I encourage you, family, to join me at the J-Pop? Okay? Put the past behind you. Move on, as Jacob did, into Israel and start again. We can all do that. We can all do that. All of us, um, all of us are not perfect. I'm certainly not perfect. I wish I was. But um, I think why I wanted to include this letter was that each of us in our life needs to have our own Jabok River and if need be, have it again and again and again because if we stumble and fall, we need to be able to, with God's help, pick ourselves up and make a decision and start anew. We don't necessarily need to forget what's happened but it's wonderful to be able to start anew. So the message is, no matter what has gone on before, whether we've been selfish, whether we've not sought the good of others, we can confess and start again. A new day, or if need be, a new year. I just want to go back to the devotion. This is the second part of the word for the day. And this is what it said. It said, when you know your life is glorifying God, you enjoy his presence. But when you know your life is not glorifying God, you tend to avoid him. Do you do that? Is that fair? And that's bad because God's presence, without God's presence in your life, what are the chances of true success? Not good. As you look back over, say, last month, last year, are there things that you regret? because you know that God was not glorified in them. Well, God is giving us a new time to do things differently and if you're making a new resolution, base every one of them on the foundation of Scripture. Whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. If you follow that rule, you'll stay on the right path and you'll have the peace and joy of knowing your life is pleasing to the Lord Whatever circumstances may arise, you'll face them with peace and confidence knowing that God is with you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your words, this reminder that we all do need to glorify you, that that is a purpose in life, that we need to obey you, that we need to Uh, follow what Jesus said. We need to love you, we need to love others as ourselves. From this day, Lord, we ask that you will help us to do this. Help us to uh, put behind us everything that's not pleasing to you to go forward to be witnesses in this community and not to be someone who can... I suppose other people can talk about in a negative way. Thank you for this. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.